Welcome to the Niners Nation podcast and the offseason just keeps on rolling. With me as always is Leo Luna of sfgoldmine.com. How are you doing, man? Uh, I- I'm doing not so well because I woke up this morning to Teddy Bridgewater receiving calls. Uh, well, the Panthers receiving calls on Teddy Bridgewater by my San Francisco 49ers and I am the furthest thing from a, a Teddy Bridgewater stand. I I know people hyped him up from Minnesota where he threw 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions in back-to-back seasons. Um, and then Sean Payton makes 45-year-old Drew Brees look good. And then, you know, Bridgewater gets in there, goes 5-0, and and he gets a fat contract from the Panthers. So, great. Jimmy G, Bridgewater. Let's do it. No. And by the way, I said your website wrong. It's 49ersgoldmine.com. I'm sorry about that. Um, with with us this week, we have a super special guest. I'm really excited about this. You know, as, with the Niners Nation podcast, we talk quarterbacks far too much. So we decided to go get a quarterback expert. We got Tim Jenkins from the quarterback coach. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm pumped up. I uh, It's always fun to do like the team specific podcast because every team has their own issues, right? So I like <laughs> have to put off, like pull off one team and, and figure out the other team. I mean, listen, this is, I think this is one of the, craziest years we've had from a moving on from quarterback standpoint uh, in recent history so it seems like literally everyone but maybe Tampa Bay and Kansas City want a new guy but uh, no I mean it's fun I mean, I'm pumped up because I think the Niners are a really good team and probably a quarterback away and that's that's been our biggest thing on this show and there's actually people who argue with us believe it or not but me and Leo have been saying for two three months now since you know, this team's a quarterback away from being able to do similar to what the Chiefs do. You know, yes, the Chiefs have Andy Reid, but the Niners have Kyle Shanahan. It's not like we're dealing with this horrible roster with a coach who has no ideas what, he, what he's doing. <clears throat> Cliff Kingsbury. Um, <laughs> and so the thing is, is with the Niners, you know, we have Jimmy Garoppolo. And we've talked so much about him. But we want to talk about to you about Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, when you watch Jimmy Garoppolo play for this team, you know, when he's healthy, what kind of stuff have you seen? Like, what kind of stuff have you seen that would make you think that the Niners really want to move off of a guy like that? I, I mean, well, listen, I, the obvious reason is everything that they've been leading on is why they want to move off of them. I mean, I could frame the truth of the matter. And this is what's hard with some of these guys. I, I, I talk about it with Sam Darnold and the Jets. But Jimmy G, let's not say that Jimmy G is as talented as Sam Darnold because I don't think he is. But he will make throws, right? He's going to make throws. That, there's trade partners for him. There's people that are going to look at Jimmy G and, and bring him on. If I'm the San Francisco 49ers, the, the reason to move on from him, though, isn't that you don't believe he could be successful because he probably can't be successful, right? It's the amount of success he can have comparative, right, to his contract. That's the issue with Jimmy G. The issue is you're paying, right, you're paying generational money and – the quarterback play you're getting in return isn't that great. So, I mean, obviously Kyle Shanahan can do it with anybody, and I'm not saying Matt Ryan's a bad quarterback because Matt Ryan, I think, is a great quarterback. But Matt Ryan's not the most physically gifted guy. So, obviously, Kyle Shanahan can put people into great situations to make them successful. I mean, look at what happens when Jimmy's not playing because he hasn't been healthy, right? Uh, I mean, I I turned on the tape today to to prep for this, and – Like, there's some quarterbacks you guys have taken snaps for you that it's like, oh, God, I got to research who the hell that was. (laughs) And they're they're doing a good job, right? They're making plays, and a lot of that's schemed into the look. So I think when you talk about having a guy like Kyle Shanahan, it probably gives you more flexibility from the aspect of I can get younger at the position, pay less, be on a rookie deal, 
move on from, you know, Jimmy and probably get some trade capital in return. So I think that's where, you know, I would tell you that they probably want to move on from him. Listen, he's not, there's a lot of teams that are in a much worse spot than if he were to trot out there again, but I totally get why there's the fan, the fan reaction to him currently, which is, listen, if we're paying you this amount of money, like there should be a giant difference between you and when CJ or Nick Mullins or whatever is in the game, right? Mm -hmm. There should be a drastic difference. It shouldn't be basically the same, if that makes sense. No, totally. And that's been our biggest thing is, you know, like it felt like what Jimmy does for the 49ers is something that anybody could do. Like, I think I heard it recently on another show, you know, someone said if Justin Fields came into the 49ers that he could probably do exactly what Jimmy's doing and probably do it better by year two. And that's what we're going to talk about. We'll talk about these rookies and stuff. But, you know, you mentioned Sam Darnold. You know, you said Sam Darnold has is a, has a higher ceiling or is, is a better player than Jimmy. That was a player that people talked about. Like, what kind of stuff would Sam Darnold be able to do in this offense that Jimmy currently isn't doing? Well, the issue is I don't think I don't think Sam Fran's a spot for him, right? I, I so Sam I think has more play extension ability. I think I think he processes at a little higher level when you really look at. And the only way you decide that with an NFL quarterback is PSL reads, right? Or that's how we categorize them when I was in St. Louis and now LA. That's a whole different story. Playing for the Rams when they were in St. Louis is sucks because now my four-year-old, when he grows up, he's going to be like, yeah, there wasn't an NFL team in St. Louis. You're, you're full of garbage. So now I got to figure out how to navigate that. I got to get like, you know, but no, I, I think what they're doing in San Fran with the PSL stuff from, hey, two shell, three shell, and here's your side if it's two shell, here's your side if it's three shell. Uh, that's some stuff that I don't want to say Jimmy struggles with because it's not like he's one of these guys that it's 60% of the time he's correct. But this late in your career, you'd really like to see that those kind of busts be non-existent, and they're still there on his film. So Sam's an upgrade from that aspect, but I think Sam fits more in someone who's really trying to drive the ball down the field consistently. Kyle does it off of play action and run action. Um, their dropback game, though, is really a lot of the modified quick game, which I think is fantastic. I think that's why Matt Ryan was so darn good in Atlanta the year that you know they made the run. Um, and I, I, I don't think that's necessarily an upgrade from I, – I, if I was if I was Sam Fran, I'm not going to go get Sam Darnold. If I'm Sam Fran, right. honestly, there's a couple guys that, you know, wow, if all of a sudden I can get Deshaun Watson, right, yep. that's completely yeah, different. Um, or if I can trade up and snag one of these guys. But a lot of these young quarterbacks, like the guy that I would tell you, you know who, you know who would look the exact same? Mac Jones. And then you have him for five years on a rookie deal. So, you know, are you upgrading the position? Maybe not, but you're upgrading the fact that now I've got whatever, 30 more million dollars to go and spend elsewhere. That's what you're upgrading. I, you gotta, I really think there's going to be a case study that's going to come out, and there's very few quarterbacks that once they get the big contract, the team is still good for a long time. You're talking Peyton Manning, Drew Brees-ish, Aaron Rodgers, the list isn't that deep of the big money being good. Mahomes did it again this year and he got paid, but we'll, I mean, we'll see how it all shakes out. I think there is something to be said about guys like Russell Wilson. When you cash in the big check and everything gets depleted around you, is your team still good? And I just think Jimmy G is not one of those guys, unfortunately. So I think for the 49ers, the, the best thing to do is, Hey, let's move on, free up the cap. And you know, no matter who I get, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, and 
when talking about the cap, I have to double check what Tom Brady's percentage was this year. But mm-hmm. before the 2020 season, only one quarterback made 13% of the cap and won the Super Bowl. That was Steve Young during the 94-95 season. And right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is set to make 13% of the 49ers salary cap. And he's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, not even Kyler Murray for that standpoint. Yep. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, listen, when you're looking at it, that's the thing when you're looking at the Dallas Cowboys too, right? With Dak, they're trying to decide, hey, do we pay him? And it's hard, man. Do you, you, you're, you, you can't just pay these guys middle of the road, right? None of these guys are taking middle mm-hmm. of the road except for, and I, and I want to be careful, but except for I never want to criticize someone for making money because that's literally the point of this. Their yes. job is football, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about the guys who have taken less money, i.e. Tom Brady, and is it a better move from a business perspective to be the GOAT, right, from an endorsement perspective or whatever? And then all of a sudden, if you get, if you decide you want to marry Giselle, that helps the bank account. But <laughs> not everybody can do that. So, right. you know, I think there are guys throughout sports history that have taken a little less money and won more. And that's going to be more beneficial in the long term. It just – right now the quarterback market ain't going that way, right? I mean, we yeah. got Kirk Cousins yeah. up there just raking it in. And, you know, he's the ultimate dad. I love Cousins because I'm a dad. So it's like, hey, man, maybe I can still play. (laughs) So since we're on the topic about money, like what concerns me with Jimmy G is he's making $27 million this year. He has two years left on his deal. He has a wizard as a play caller in Kyle Shanahan where he could do a lot of those play actions. And that's where Jimmy could attack downfield and maybe one season go 30 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. That's going to get him a fat contract. And then the 49ers could be stuck in a hole if they're making the playoffs. Are we going to have to pay Jimmy G $35 million after two seasons, $40 million in two seasons? Because I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, he's middle of the road when it comes to quarterback contracts now. Well, yeah, his contract's up in two years with Kyle Shanahan calling plays. That could get inflated very, very quickly. And that's why if you're in a position right now to take a rookie, go ahead and do it because I think that's going to save you so much money in two years. Andrew, I mean, and I think the quarterback market right now is so hot and there's so many teams ready to move on that this is probably the best time to trade a quarterback if you're looking to deal them. I mean, shoot, like think about the Denver Broncos. Would the Denver Broncos be, right, That's I'm from Colorado, would the Broncos be interested in Jimmy G? I think there's so many options uh, to deal him because people remember the kind of player he has shown that he could be, right? And that's the issue, right? All these guys have shown glimpses of who they could be so you keep paying them and keep trading for them. You know, listen, I played with one of the, the best guys ever in terms of getting paid and showing people who he could be. And Sam, uh, <laughs> right, Sam Bradford. Yeah, I to knew me, that's it was where like, I was going. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, I, he was the greatest that – And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first to tell you, sitting in training camp with that dude, it's like – I don't know if you guys golf, but it's like going and golf with your buddies and they hit a shot and you go, I don't have that in my bag. Like, he was making throws where I'm like, I have never dreamt of making that. <laughs> sure as hell wouldn't try it right now. But, right, that gets you paid and then ultimately doesn't hamstring your team. And uh, there's a there's a lot to be said. So I, I think it's a great point that you brought up in terms of, you know, listen, he might be middle of the road now. He's probably going to end up getting paid. And then could this be the best time to trade him? I would say it probably is because I just think this is the craziest. It's just insane right now what we're talking about with how many quarterbacks are ready are retiring or moving on or, you know, I mean, look what happened with Carson Wentz going to 
to Indianapolis. Philip Rivers out of there. Is Drew Brees on his last year? You know, Sean Payton's a guy who I could see looking at Jimmy G and saying, oh, wow, let me stash him too, along with Jameis, and then figure it out. But, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that they're going to have to restructure with the contract if that were to happen. And, you know, so, I mean, that brings us to the main thing, is this idea that San Francisco decides that, hey, we're – We've, we've been posturing for a long time. We've been pretending like Jimmy's our guy. You know, if he's healthy, he'll be there. All this stuff, right? Draft night comes, and they trade up. So yep. we're going to talk about the big four. I want to hear your thoughts on the big four. And, and they get one of these guys, and then they eventually would trade Jimmy, you know, maybe day two or down the line before they owe him that $27 million. But let's talk about my favorite, who I think is the least attainable of, of the big four, and that's Zach Wilson. And so the biggest thing about Zach Wilson is he plays for BYU. Everyone talks about, oh, BYU doesn't, you know, breed stud quarterbacks except for Steve Young. But it feels like he kind of just came out of nowhere as this quarterback, too, this like, during this season. I mean, listen, you're talking to a guy who has him as QB1. So, and I'm getting a lot of grief for it. I just, yeah. And, and my, and, and here's the thing, too. I got to, I got to preface. They ask, everyone asks me to release these rankings. So I do them. It's a blast. <laughs> everything is based on where these guys are going to end up. Yep. And I, like, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is going to go number one overall. Cause I think if the Jaguars GM doesn't draft Trevor Lawrence, he gets fired. Right. So yeah, that's all it has to do with my issue though, is I think Trevor Lawrence has some serious processing issues like that showed up against wake forest. And then he makes nine other throws that people go, ah, it's fine. You know who else did that? Jamarcus Russell. So let's not oh, be no. so fast. To, I'm not saying he's going to be there, right? But but we've seen guys who struggle processing and can rip the ball, right? Ryan Leaf. Right. And again, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is Ryan Leaf off the field. The dude had some other issues, right? But mm-hmm. anyway, Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson, honestly, uh, one, he processes at a high level, right? And whether you want to say, okay, well, he's processing against Houston. Dude, it's no different to see two pre-shell and then have them roll into one robber and fire the nickel. It doesn't matter if it's Houston doing it or Alabama. It's the same. The sh- the same. It's exotic defensive looks, right? Or, right. hey, they line up in three and they kick to two Tampa. He saw that. He diagnosed it. And it was special. So he processes at a high level. To me, when we evaluate these guys, a big, a big thing that I think all of us do is we overvalue traits, right? We see a dude who can throw it. We see a dude mm. who's fast. And we go, oh, my gosh, I love him. Listen, are you guys wanting to move on from Jimmy G because he can't throw? No, the dude can rip it, right? If he's in shorts and a T-shirt and he's throwing to us, our hands hurt. <laughs> that's not yeah, what makes absolutely. a quarterback mm-hmm. – yeah, that's not what makes a quarterback great. What makes a quarterback great is processing, right? Deshaun Watson isn't the guy that everyone wants because he's super gifted. He's gifted, yeah, but he processes at an unreal rate information. Zach Wilson, to me, is that guy, so that's why I'm at one. I think he's a – Stud, and I think everything you bring up from he's at BYU. Sure, you know the DBs aren't playing in, it aren't first round picks. But listen, neither is his slot receiver, right? His mm. slot receiver is going to go be at a law firm next year. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's we're not like everything's equal. These windows are all equal. The only guy that I think we got to really have concerns about how big his windows were in college, Trey Lance, not even Mac Jones. Let's it's talk Trey about Lance. it. Trey Lance was an FBS, was playing at quarterback for an FBS team against a bunch of guys that, you know. Oof. They're going to work at Verizon I mean, I, next year. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, <laughs> I mean, I'm watching the stuff and it's, and 
And talk about stagnant defenses. I, I don't know if he saw a single rotational coverage. So th- those are the things that I think we overblow with the kids at BYU because ultimately they're still throwing to BYU receivers. And uh, and the arm angle change that he can do, the stuff yep. that, you know, there's a clip against, oh, man, I want to tell you who, but it's on. I, I put it on the breakdown. He comes off a of play action. He has a free A-gap runner. He abandons the post and the over, and he flips his feet, checks it down to his back. That's high-level processing that everyone else glazes over, right, because it's not a cool throw. But it that's what makes Tom Brady and those guys who they are, the ability to see that free runner get to the flat rather than take a sack. Like those are the little things that add up over 16 games and then help you make a playoff run that I just think are kind of underappreciated in the day and age of, you know, I, I think we're all just too traits driven. And then now everybody's ruined from Josh Allen. They're like, oh, God, I missed on Allen. So now I got to make sure Trey Lance is my third quarterback off the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so with Trey Lance, a lot of the receivers are wide open. Um, I have concerns with Trey Lance from when I'm watching tape is accuracy. It seems like at times the ball is just going wherever the hell it wants to be. I remember, I think I saw a receiver do a, a come, simple comeback route on, on the outside uh, numbers. And he just sailed it like 10 yards over the receiver's head. And, and it shows up consistently on tape. Yeah. Uh, it seems like if he's getting a high, which doesn't happen too much at North Dakota state, but when he got, you know, in, in the twenties range, as far as attempts, yeah. that's where he started to put it on. Uh, but if he's not throwing quite as often, it seems like he never really got in rhythm uh, to actually do something with his arm. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, he he had accuracy struggles. I think the biggest thing that uh, alarmed me on his tape, too, was how many times it was like, you know, he, he goes to drive something like you're talking about, and then mm-hmm. something breaks down mechanically. And even on his completions, it's, it's in spite of mechanics, right? Not because of, and that's tough when then now you're going to take a whole different, you know, football IQ jump from, Hey, we run a lot of play action to tight ends that are open to, you know, listen, sure. Some teams do that eight times a game, but you're still going to throw it 35 (laughs) times. Right. So there's 27 other attempts. So you have to process and let's not forget D coordinators in the NFL. They don't sit in their office and go, Hey, we got a rookie this week. Let's keep it real stagnant for him. (laughs) <laughs> right? It's the opposite. They're like, hey, let's bust three or four coverages. Who cares? Because we're going to get a free runner at him because he doesn't know his protections. That's the biggest jump. And, you know, now there's reports coming out about, well, Trey Lance handled so much at North Dakota State. It's like, I, wanted, I want to go home and punch myself in the face when I see that. On the <laughs> tape I watched, there are no, I mean, he mic points. Don't get me wrong. He mic points. But there's like, I saw maybe six total kill plays, like, you know, stuff that Mac Jones was doing at the line of scrimmage that everyone crucifies him for. Now they want to credit him. And again, I'm not saying he won't learn it and process it. It just hasn't been on his plate yet. And that's something that you have to consider to play early. And especially when we're talking specifically to the 49ers, there's a lot of concepts that North Dakota State runs that San Fran does as well. But the verbiage and everything else that comes along with it isn't remotely in the same ballpark. So, you know, it's, it's funny you bring up this that because we've actually had guests come on and say that, you know, Trey Lance ran the most complicated scheme out of the, you know, the big four, you know, the Mac Jones, the Justin Fields, you know, 
when we talk about Ohio State, and I feel like this is when things kind of just go to crap on Twitter when we start talking about Ohio State. They run this offense. It's very quarterback friendly, and it's very hard to evaluate. But you were telling me earlier, you know, it doesn't matter because Justin Fields is just that good. Yeah. You know, what do you see when you look at Justin Fields? Because it's starting to feel in Liner's Land like, you know, rumblings, things we're hearing that Justin Fields is who Kyle wants. Yeah, I mean, listen, I so one <laughs> – North Dakota State doesn't run the most complicated system. A lot of people get confused and they see a guy under center and they think pro style complicated. <laughs> That's just far <laughs> from the case. Mac Jones ran Mac Jones ran far and away the most complicated system. You know it because it's Sark's offense. And Sark did get yep. to Alabama and sit with Nick Saban and then go, hey, let's let's slow it down for these guys. Like that's <laughs> not a conversation that Nick Saban has. Right? Nick Saban's like, hey, make it harder. And if they can't do it, we'll just fire him and bring in a new five star. Like that's not what they do at Alabama. Right. But so Justin Fields is interesting because Justin Fields, there's, this is a whole different discussion. Draft Twitter's talking about he can't, he doesn't get past his first read. The mm-hmm. past your first read thing is probably, and I hope none of you guys have said it because then you're going to hate me, but no. I think it's the dumbest no, thing ever said. You know who throws to their first read more than anybody? Peyton Manning. Why? Because he got his team to the right play and he threw to his first damn read right it's not complicated (laughs) so the first read making someone dumber thing it just like it's the it's the perfect way to find out who never studied the game of football and just graduated from a good journalism school because it's just like dude everyone throws their first read if their eyes are in the right spot so that's a knock that's not fair to him the knock that i would say is on justin fields has nothing to do with Justin Fields and everything to do with like the Star Wars offense that you guys are talking about they run, which is what it is, right? You run here, you run here, and we'll lightsaber someone across. Like it's just not – like I watched, I, watched, I, watched uh, I watched the Alabama national title. Mm-hmm. Was it the national title, right? Yes. Yeah. The Alabama, Ohio State, yeah. Yeah, I watched that game, and I got so sad watching it because it should have been such a good game. But mm-hmm. literally, Ohio State ran every concept that Alabama's zone match man deal that they run mm-hmm. is designed to stop. It was like they were in the white. It was like they had a whiteboard in their office and they were drawing up exactly what Nick Saban invented his defense for. It was sad. The kid had no shot. So to me, it's like, dude. And now we're going to say the kid can't read a defense. It's like, no, actually, we're just paying dudes at Ohio State three million dollars to do nothing but recruit guys. And then hope to God they make them look good. Well, they, I, they, they held the kid back. He processes at a, a, to me, a high level. There's some stuff that he moves on from. And I talk about in the breakdown where it's like he had a deep hank open and he got off it and threw the curl. But those are things that you don't know if he got off it because of coverage or if, listen, unless you've been under center, there were so many times in St. Louis that I dropped back and it's like, this dude's 6'8". I can't see anything. I'll go to number two. So that very well could have happened for him too. And then we're just going to critique him. So, you know, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because there are guys that have better reads on tape. But, you know, Justin Fields, it's not a processing or a read issue for him that I that would have concerns. Uh, or just It wouldn't be a concern of mine if I was Kyle Shanahan. Like I was going to say is you were praising Wilson because of his processor that, you know, he could find the right guy. He basically knows where everyone's is once plays happen. And if Justin Fields could, you know, process that, hey, uh, according to the coverage, this guy is going to be why the hell open. I'm going to throw it to him. But yet that's his first read. Uh, that, yeah. That's a that's an issue. 
What's stupid is what's stupid is it doesn't make sense, right? Because PFF says, hey, or whoever, I don't even know who does it, but hey, here's the first read accuracy. Well, it's like, okay, so let me give you a scenario. We're in three by one, right? And we have Timber Waipoko sale on. But you want to work your backside big alert. Well, is that progression one or two? Right? Like that's where it's like these guys watching film don't do that. They just say his eyes went here and then here. <laughs> How many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers move a safety with his eyes and then go to progression one all the time? That's yeah. what makes him great. So don't don't kill a kid in college for it. And, you know, there's other stuff to knock Justin Fields over in terms of, you know, there were situations where it's like, hey, situationally, this is a terrible decision. Or, you know, hey, why are we running when we can extend the play? Those are things to knock him over that won't translate well to the NFL. But don't knock him over processing. The kid was processing information at a fine level. Now, is he the best in this draft class, probably not, but you know, that doesn't mean that he can't then become the biggest issue. So this is what I was talking about with Ohio state's offense. There's a clip and they have a free safety blitz from the boundary, right? Mm-hmm. In every offense, free safety is a side adjust. Meaning if the free safety blitzes and we're in three by one, the X is going to run a slant. That's like every level. Justin Fields doesn't pull up hot, but neither does his receiver. So to me, you can draw two. You can draw one of two conclusions, or three, really. One, the back missed the adjustment. Probably not it, because the quarterback and receiver both were on the same page, right? It probably wasn't a built-in. The back and the or the quarterback and the receiver busted, or it's not in their offense. I think it's not in their offense. Which to me, the con- that's the concern. If you're San Fran, is how long does it take me to catch him up to speed? I just happen to think the other things he did, there was a quarters post throw that he threw against Clemson. There's other stuff that he processed as well. So I think it would be a a faster catch up to speed than some people are believing on Twitter. Um, And again, like, listen, I don't know if it's, you know, everyone's saying uh, all the different stuff. I don't know what it is. I just think, I just think honest to God, there's a lot of people that look at the tape and go, he threw to the first guy and they don't realize that that's a great decision, you know? You know, out of curiosity, because you brought up so many interesting points, what are your, you know, the five quarterbacks? What is the order you have them in? Since you said, you know, Zach Wilson's one, you know, what are they? I just want to hear it real quick. Yeah, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. I have Mac Jones and Justin Fields interchangeable based on what NFL team I am, which isn't uh-huh. popular, but it's just the truth. Yeah. And then five, I have, I mean, I don't even, I have, I have Jamie Newman at five. I have Trey Lance at six. Okay, well, okay, l- l- let's talk to Mac Jones, and then we'll give us some Jamie Newman. Okay, yeah. so let's talk Mac Jones. You know, the yeah. idea behind Mac Jones and the way that that a lot of people who cover this team are thinking, you know, Mac Jones comes in, does what Jimmy does, maybe could do it better because I think he has a better deep ball, which it does seem like he does. Yeah. You know, we've seen Garoppolo really struggle <clears throat> Super Bowl yeah. And yeah. with the deep ball. And so with Mac Jones, do you believe that what the Niners Twitter basically believes that he comes in and it's immediately the same thing again on a cheap contract? No, no, no. I think, I mean, honestly, I think he probably, it depends. Do they have OTAs or do they have training camp? Because if they do, I think you're drafting a better quarterback. I like, you're talking to a guy. The reason I think Mac Jones is going to be great is one, his tape. Everything you've been sold about him, arm strength, the pockets clean, guys are wide open is a lie. His arm strength is, I'm not going to say he's got a cannon, right? But he's an adequate NFL starter. He's not Chad Pennington, who's someone who has to work around it. Uh, The pocket, there were so many clips against Tennessee, and Tennessee wasn't great this year, where that pocket is collapsing, and the dude stays in there and throws. 
So the pocket being clean thing is like, yeah, his alignment are good, but it's still football and he's in the SEC, right? Let's be yeah. real. Everyone in the SEC is getting paid, right? So those guys getting right. rushing him are getting paid too, right? Yeah. We're all getting paid the same. We're in the SEC. We're getting paid a lot. They're taking pay cuts to come to the Niners, right? Anyways, mm-hmm. then you've got everyone talks <laughs> about the muddy pocket and then his athleticism. He's he's mobile enough. The reason he's so divisive is because a lot of people right now think the game is going away from pocket, right? And it's not. It's just guys inherently are more mobile because sports training is better. Like, I'm faster because I grew up in a certain era than Johnny Unitas. But Johnny Unitas <laughs> is probably a way better athlete, right? He just didn't have training. Yeah, so right. that's where it's like, you know, and then Mac Jones to me is just a throwback. And so people are really struggling with it. But, no, I honestly think he's an upgrade. I think this kid is the kind of kid, and it's – I wish I could, like, cut everybody in. I just can't. I was privy to a conversation – that literally makes me think this kid is going to keep a hit list of people that were drafted above him, just like Brady, and one by one outwork until he's the last one standing. And that, to me, paired with his ability, I would I would take him in San Fran, and you'd have an immediate upgrade. Pending OTAs and training camp. If they don't have it, if they have Zoom installs and stuff, that's a different conversation because that's so – I got a four-year-old boy at home. He does Zoom preschool. The dude just dunks on his Nerf hoop. He ain't listening to anything. Like, like, let's be honest. Zoom is not good for anybody when it comes to learning. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to tell us when all this is over because I got no damn idea, right? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I barely graduated college, so I'm not even going to begin to give my opinion on that. But Zoom is, regardless of whether it's good or bad for what we should be doing, Zoom is just hard to learn over. And that's where I worry about the young quarterbacks if we have zoom otas and all that stuff right so my daughter's on zoom as well and i catch her on youtube about almost every single day (laughs) (laughs) so i know exactly what you're talking about with the zoom learning um this is my thing with mac jones is like i i want justin fields just because i wanted that that added mobility i think his pocket passing his arm strength all his processing i think all that is good enough uh, yeah. to where it's, I, I don't need a pure pocket passer. Uh, but what concerns me is that Shanahan may say, I want Mac Jones because I, I stated this yeah. like back in November, October. He reminds me the hell of a lot like Kirk Cousins. Um, he's yeah. not going to be very mobile. He's going to be tough. He's going to take the hit while releasing. And that's one thing Shanahan has stated repetitively is he wants a tough quarterback. Mac Jones is going to do that. He doesn't have a missile of alarm, but he can throw deep and throw deep accurate, similar to Kirk Cousins. So as I want Justin Fields, uh, I'm going to be selfish. I want Justin Fields, (laughs) but there is something also a a little bug in my head that's saying, dude, like, hold up. Mac Jones might be Kyle Shanahan's guy just because of the similarities with Kirk Cousins. The only other thing that I would give you to more peace of mind because I know that it's going to – I don't want another 17 weeks of this for you guys now that we've gotten to know each other and I really like you. I don't want you – you know, I don't want 17 <laughs> weeks of you guys yelling on the podcast. The different the, – the reason I think Mac Jones is a better comp to Phillip Rivers is because of that hyper-effing competitiveness okay. that – I'm not going to say Kirk Cousins doesn't have it because the you like that was a little glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. But I think Mac Jones is much more cut from the Phillip Rivers. I love football. I love my teammates. Like, I mean, did you ever see the kid have an emotion? Like every national title, every cut they sent to him on the national title, it looked like he'd like, 
It looked like he was just in science class and he's about to win the national title, right? He's just like, to me, he's just a freaking killer. So that would be the only thing I would say, maybe more Philip Riversy than Kirk Cousins, which hopefully then results in more wins and, and more happy days on the podcast, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the thing is like, it's crazy because it felt like, you know, when the Jimmy injury first happened and we're like, you know, maybe it's time to start talking quarterbacks on our show. You know, Mac Jones was a second round pick. And yeah, so now yeah. it feels like everyone has seen this film, you know, and it's not just you. It's it's everybody saying Jones is now yeah. a first round pick and it feels like he might go before Justin Fields. And I is that that's not a crazy thing to say anymore. No. And like, listen, I got I'm, I'm telling you right now, you want to talk about getting killed on Twitter. It was like I burned a cross, fellas. When I came out with when I watched Alabama State for the first time and I put up Mac Jones. Hey, I think he's going to be a really dang good quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it was it was insane. It was insane. It was the craziest thing ever. And then now it's like getting more popular. So I like feel somewhat safer, you know, when I log on. Someone sent me the thing, Twitter safe or whatever. They're like, you should consider going safe mode. I'm like, why would I get on if not to find out? Yeah. I was like, why would I not get on if not to find out that I'm like the shittiest person to ever live? That's kind of why I log on to the app now. Well, the best thing about it is you could also go on mute. So you could set the world on fire and just mute it and see nothing about it. (laughs) It's so funny because there's a couple guys who are like, dude, you got to figure out how to learn that app. Like, Leo, you were... This conversation being you were having was sandwiched in between two people like, hey, man, you should go commit not living, right? Like, I was like, damn, I got to click Leo's, not these other guys, you know? Was tough, so. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is on Niners Twitter, it's just a dumpster fire every day because there's the guys who are like, oh, no, we stand Jimmy Garoppolo. This is our guy. But it's like yeah. from everything you've told us, you know, in the 30 minutes you've been here, it's like if they move off of Jimmy to any of these guys, it feels like an upgrade. I don't think that's, that's crazy. Like they are all upgrades and they're all yeah, going to be better. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to say they're like immediate upgrades, right? Cause right. there is going to be the rookie learning curve. Um, and I, and, and, and there's just, there's so many ways to look at it. Cause are they technically a long-term skill set upgrade? No, but again, we talked about skill sets, not what makes these guys great. It's everything else. And at some point you have to say Jimmy doesn't have it or does have it, right? I think he's mm-hmm. playing his way into doesn't. But, like, listen, I went on a Jets podcast last week and I said I think Sam Darnold's a good player and it was over, right? I don't <laughs> – someone said I can't come to New York. It's like that's a huge city. Wow. You have no idea if I was there. So I hope that I'm allowed in San Fran. I got some family there and I hope that I don't get, you know – Oh, well, you're, you're, you're always allowed in any of our houses. I don't know about the rest of Niners Twitter. So, you know, I don't know much about Jamie Newman, actually. Like, I think, yeah. Leo, you saw him when you went to the Senior Bowl. Yeah, so when I was in the Senior Bowl for the game, actually, I, I, I'm i not one of those, you know, ESPN analysis, so I didn't get to sit in the box. They actually put me in the end zone. Um, so while I was there, I, I had the, the back view. And... It seemed like with Jamie Newman, he couldn't handle any pressure. He, like, he had no uh, awareness for it. Someone came barreling down on him from the edge, and he had no clue. Uh, so that's yeah. my concerns with Jamie Newman is, can he process a pocket in the NFL and feel that pressure before it actually happens? I mean, listen, it's a valid concern, right? And, like, I think the biggest thing is the last time he picked up a football in real life was 2019. And that's another concern. Because mm-hmm. here's what I here's basically the summary of my video, which was I think he processes football at the highest level. 
the reason I say that is because Wake Forest was so bad, but they asked him to do so much that you could just see it on tape. He's the only guy that I've seen consistently use a double cadence, right? He's like the Aaron Rodgers of the ACC. It was like every single game, two or three offsides, which I love to see. With that being said, the what happened at Georgia thing, right, is worrisome if you don't know the real story. Did he opt out because of health? Did he opt out because he got beat out? Like those are real questions that no one will solve, right, right. unless you can talk to Georgia. But even then, it's like, are you going to get the real story? Like, you never know. So, mm-hmm. and then what you brought up, which is, okay, so, hey, a year off, and then this is what he looked like. Because everything I had heard, right, was he had a stellar day one, and then it kind of just regressed from there, and it capped in, like, a not very good game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch any of it. So, I went in there with, like, rose-colored goggles, like, you know, hey, let's, <laughs> let's see what this guy does. Um <laughs> I was just, I walked away really impressed with his processing ability. But again, I have him at five because of where I think he ends up. Correct. Now, where can you get him? That's a different conversation that I think is more intriguing. Because if all of a sudden he's a third or fourth round guy that turns into Dak, that sets your team up huge for a run for the next four years before you have to pay him. So those are the things where I just think, I think he's a really interesting kid. I think if he would have played at Georgia and did what he did at Wake Forest, legitimately, I think he would be QB one. And I know that's like blasphemy with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, but if he would have done the processing and everything else that he did at Wake Forest and applied that in SEC, it would have been Joe Burrow all over again. A guy who everyone had as a day two, day three. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, he's the first pick. Is that your Pro comparison is Dak for Jamie Newman? No, I, listen, I got to be honest. I'm not good at the pro comparisons. I don't really have one for Jamie. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I wish I was better at it because it's good uh, ammo for Twitter. But I just, <laughs> I think Jamie Newman, Jamie Newman. I think, you know, it, who does his game most remind me of? Probably not even Dak, probably Romo is like, because okay. Romo was mobile enough. Right. He's probably got a little bigger arm than Romo did during his prime. Um, but just the ability to command an offense and everything else, I'd say it was more Romo-ish than Dak. Because Dak, to me, is a kid who, like, dude, if you wanted to run QB power with him, you could. I mean, yeah. he just, you know, I yeah. mean, good God, the way he runs it. But uh, And I don't think Jamie Newman's that kid. I think he's mobile, but I think Jamie Newman's the new mobile, which to me is a pocket passer, right? He's mobile enough. But, again, I just think the sliding scale of mobility has moved. You know, we're not going to see Peyton Manning's and stuff anymore with the exception of Mac Jones. And that's why everyone's fighting about him is because they think you can't win anymore with with him. And I and I think you can. And I think Tampa kind of proves that with, you know, who they had under center is the least mobile guy of us three. Right. Yeah. Us for Tom Brady. We win every time. <laughs> that's what I was saying with uh, like the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's, he's not very yeah. mobile as far as uh, he pre ACL. He was pretty mobile. But, yeah. you know, since then, he, he hasn't been especially, you know, this year before the ankle injury happened uh, against Arizona. It was pretty awful. He, he uh, yeah. week one. And yeah, he was when we say we want mobile, we're not wanting a Lamar Jackson. We're not wanting yeah. Michael Vick because that's what you think about when you think mobile. You think Kyler Murray, yeah. uh, but this new age mobile, like you said, Dak Prescott, um, even even Josh Allen, to where 
he yeah. he can run it, but that's not his best traits. His best traits is his freaking rocket for an arm. Yeah, yeah. It's all about. I think it's all about. When I look at these guys, I try to say, okay, what is his game? And I think that's what we're missing in the mobility conversation. Do you build his game around him running the ball? Because that's Lamar Jackson, right? Right. You build it because he's such a dynamic runner. And it's not a knock either. You can win. Clearly, you can win football games doing that. Cam Newton, you build it around the idea that he can run in the goal line. Then there's Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. You don't build runs for him. No. But boy, can they get – but boy, on third and long, you can't run two-man because the second everyone's back turns, those dudes will go get 12 and slide. So that's the – to me, the mobility conversation. But I just think – and I hate to sound like old when I say this or like, oh, uh, you know, back in the day. The truth of the matter is, though, Josh Allen was good this year because he was better from the pocket. Yep. I think I think the tools, right, hey, you got to be able to throw and hit what you're hit, you know, aiming at, yada, yada, yada. And then being good in the pocket are this is the barrier for entry. The mobility is added from this because if you can do this and you're mobile, good lord, you're you're Aaron Rodgers, you're you're you know uh, Russell Wilson, you're Deshaun Watson, you're Mahomes. Yeah. But when you don't have this, this does nothing, and that's where it's like I don't want to overblow the mobility to where now we're taking guys who can't hit what they're looking at, you know. And then all of a sudden it's like, like Tebow, right? We all liked his mobility. We forgot that you need to do this, right? And then it's like, you know, thank God the Broncos got paid Manning or they would have never got him out of this town. So that's where it's, <laughs> you know, that's the thing that's hard about when we overblow the mobility. I just think there's certain things that we got to evaluate first. And then from there, unless you're once in a jet, like unless you're Lamar Jackson, where it's like, this is so good that if we can get you to a decent level here, you're an NFL MVP. And those guys need to be evaluated as such. But, like, let's be honest, Lamar Jackson is so gifted. Yes. That doesn't come around a ton. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, but it's like, listen, so was, you know, Andrew Luck, right, when we talk about from a prospect perspective. And then I see Daniel Jeremiah come out and say Trey Lance is Andrew Luck. And it's like, dude, we've gotten so off base yeah, like there's there's not a there's not a football person on planet Earth who would who would really think that. And if he was, we wouldn't be debating if he's going between eight and twenty. He would just be the first pick, no matter what. Yes, you know, and that's where I also have the beef with Trevor Lawrence. Is like, listen, don't sell me him as Andrew Luck either because he's not. From a processing perspective, Luck basically graded out perfect. That's that. I can't. I don't know the last time that ever happened. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick at Harvard, but now we're talking a different skill set. Yeah. So I that, don't know, man. I just, that Colts team went what two and fourteen uh, without yeah. without with Manning on the shelf. Luck comes in AFC Championship. Yep. Yeah. And you got to say like it, it. Just there's certain guys, but you know, you guys know the deal, right? It's gotten to where okay, I need someone to click on this. I need this. I need this. I need this. Which sucks, too, because then I come out and I'm like, hey, I think Zach Wilson's legitimately better. And here's a 30 minute tape eval to back it up. And people go, oh, you just want people to watch. It's like, well, I'd like people to watch, but it's not why. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you talk about, you know, Trey Lance and, you know, the biggest thing we talk about. Obviously, we'll talk talk a little bit about Trey Lance and then we'll get to a couple other guys that I just want to hear your thoughts on before we end. Is Trey Lance, you know, the mobility is the thing everyone talks about. 
and the mobility is there. But, you know, when you're talking about the throwing, the reason he's behind Jamie Newman is is what exactly? So specifically, he doesn't have it all. It's not all there. You know, a lot of people continue to say he might have to sit for a year. Is that why? I just don't think he processes the game well. And I, I, I'm rooting for the kid. I hope, I hope all these guys are successful. Ultimately, at one point, I was a guy trying to make it. So I don't want to root against any of them. I just don't think he processes well. Listen, there's a, here's the two scenarios. I, I tweeted them out. And I put them in the video. But there's a play-action clip, right, where the first progression is not open, the flat. The deep over has no one on him, okay? No one. I'm not talking about like he's, he's open by 10 yards. No one. He's not covered. Trey Lance tucks it. He breaks seven tackles and scores a touchdown. You look at that clip one of two ways. Oh, my God, this is the greatest athlete I've ever seen. <laughs> or we missed a wide open deep over and then took three hits, and I'm paying my investment $15 million to take three hits, right? As a business owner, the last thing I want is my guys going and jumping off bridges needlessly, right? right. And just trying to hurt themselves. Like we, we invest a lot of money in you guys. We'd like you to stay sharp between the years, right? There's another clip again, end of half, I think 13 seconds left. They've got three by one to the left. So three receivers to the left, one to the right. They run double go with X shallow to throw the shallow, get down, call a timeout and kick a field goal. Okay. We drop back guys wide open. We hold on to it. Three tech comes free grabs his shoulder, he rips away from the three-tech, runs upfield, lowers his left shoulder on a safety, then gets pushed out of bounds with no time left. So again, you can look at it and say, good Lord, that's a 300-pound man he shook off, and he got out, and he lowered his shoulder, decked to safety, and it's awesome. Or you can say, we need to throw the shallow and get points. It never showed up for North Dakota State because they were winning by 50. So who cared if you missed the field goal? The NFL is rooted in three-point games. Right. Those are the things that are – that's the difference between going 6-10 and and 10-6 and and making the wild card is converting those situations. So to a guy like me, those are everything. Those make you not a great prospect. But I'm not a GM, right? There's a lot of coaches with a lot of ego and GMs that are going to say, I can coach it out of them. And it's it's probably true. You can teach some football, but at some point – your reaction is one way or another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's why I have him where he is. From a gift perspective, he's very gifted. He can do everything you want from a quarterback. The question is, is do you believe that he'll start to process information at a better rate? And do you believe he'll do situational football better? And the other thing that I would pose to you is not only do you think you can teach him that, but can you teach him that in the expedited timetable that is the NFL now, where even if you are two up, they want to maybe run you out of town? All that added together, yeah. I just wouldn't take him. And it has nothing to do with whether or not the kid long-term can be successful. I just don't think we have two or three years to waste on guys anymore, no matter what they're putting on tape, because I think your fan base runs you out of a job before that ever happens. I mean, that's what it feels like in Nineland right now. You know, it was like, Granted, you know, Garoppolo's been here for four years. You know, he had his chance. Yeah. You know, when he got hurt and he came back in that Seahawks game and we all watched it, whether you want to say it was still the ankle or not, Seattle knew exactly what he was going to do. And Seattle yeah. knew how to stop him in that game when you watch that film again. And that was the game where I think me and maybe even Leo finally gave turned our backs on our quarterback. And we're like, this is ridiculous. 
we cannot keep doing this because he gets hurt, he comes back, and he's not he's even worse than he was before he got hurt. So well, and I, I don't think Garoppolo's anywhere near some of these other cases because he was also, you know, let's not forget he was also in New England before. Like it's not like he was a rookie. I was more talking about guys like even like Josh Allen. This time last year, people wanted to run Josh Allen out of Buffalo, right? Except for maybe the coaches. And then all of a sudden, he's an MVP candidate. And that's where it's like that to me versus what you guys are doing with Jimmy, which is, listen, he he has had a fair shot. He went to a Super Bowl. He overthrew a ball that probably was a Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, listen, I had a side bet. Thank God DraftKings wasn't approved in Colorado yet. I'd have lost all my money. (laughs) But I had enough of a side bet to where it was like, huh, turn the lights off, fire up the ramen. We got no money left, you know? So (laughs) that's where, you know, that was a huge miss. And I think that obviously, you know, it starts to erode a situation as well. So what I noticed about Jimmy, because – a lot of it this year was his high ankle sprain. I don't know how much you've seen with his throwing motion, Tim, but what I've noticed, it's just like hips and pure upper body. It doesn't look like he's putting much pressure on that ankle. I think that's what why he's lacking his deep ball accuracy so much or uh, the ball being thrown downfield to where his receiver's in stride. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of that is just because he's not using any of his lower body. It just kind of stops at his hip. So when his ankle gets brought in up to a conversation, I just look at his throwing motion and, and question how much is that really affecting him if he's not using his lower body? I would say it's even deeper than that too, right? I, I think you brought up a great point. And it's accurate. But you got to – all these guys make conscious decisions, right? These guys make millions of dollars to just throw. Jimmy G, a long time ago, made a conscious decision about efficiency and speed in his delivery, right? Right. Why? He was in New England where they placed a, they placed a premium on quick game and modified quick game, right? Mm-hmm. If you miss the shot every once in a while, so be it. You miss the shot. San Fran's a little different, right, with the run game, play action, run action. Man, we put a premium more on the vertical, So if a guy's been training his whole life to put a premium on drilling F ship in the modified quick game, and now it's like, okay, I got to make sure I'm accurate downfield. To me, those are two different deliveries and two different off-season processes and everything. We went through it with, you know, PJ Walker, one of the kids we worked with, he tore it up in the XFL with the Houston Roughnecks. Mm -hmm. And then now he's with the Panthers. The Roughneck offense with June Jones was a completely different thought process that off-season than going and playing for Joe Brady. And those are conversations that, right, to me at a deeper level, when you spend time in New England behind Tom Brady, all this stuff where it's like we're placing a premium on certain things, you start to think one way, shoot, I don't know how long that takes to get those reps off of you and then we got to transition to something else. And it's something that I don't think enough NFL teams put credence into because they just say, wow, he did good here, he can do good here. (laughs) And we don't really think about how does his game translate to us. I think it's a real concern that – you know, and again, the guys who are paid to be quarterback guys in those buildings, they're not getting a say in whether or not we get a franchise quarterback, right? Their quarterback coach is going to go be an OC next year somewhere else. They don't care. So those are all different, you know, kind of things that are coming together. And that's what what I kind of see in his game, too, is what you brought up with the ankle is perfectly valid. But I also see some, man, there's a lot of history on why we put a premium on our delivery being efficient and fast and not necessarily on our deep ball. You know, and, and so before we end the show, I actually really want to, you know, we're talking about this idea of fit. 
You know, I yeah. think I think it's pretty much well known, and this might be even wrong, that Zach Wilson is the best fit in San Francisco out of all these quarterbacks. If Zach Wilson is gone to the Jets, who do you think is the best fit to San Francisco if they trade up to, let's say, five or six? Oh, God. So I'm going to just give you who I think is the best quarterback fit, not who I think is a value pick at five or six. Well, yeah, that's yeah, no, that's I what I meant. No that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I was just giving you a general idea like because they're trading up and they can have anybody. I mean, honestly, man, and I'm going to piss you off. I, I, I would, <laughs> I, I'd take Matt Jones even over Zach Wilson in the current Niners offense. Just because I – like, listen, I, I think what you said about Fields is totally valid as well. But I don't think Shanahan's going to lean into it. The idea of here's the added dimension, there's a whole other conversation, which is do we also start to do that? And does Kyle Shanahan believe in it? And if he does and if he had some wrinkles, then so be it. It's easily Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. I just think right now nothing changes. Mac Jones, no matter where, with the exception of maybe Trevor Lawrence. But again, that's going to get me crucified. But it's just I think Mac Jones with the Niners is special with what they're running now. Um, I think Jamie Newman falls a little bit. Um, I don't, I wouldn't put Jamie Newman up there with Mac. I'd probably say Mac Jones. I'd probably then bring in Wilson fields. I mean, I guess Lawrence would work in with probably Wilson, but that's kind of how I see it. We're never getting Trevor Lawrence. We've come to that conclusion on this show. (laughs) It's just not not possible. And And it's for all the outside reasons. You know, shoot, the Jags could be sitting there and like, man, I love Zach Wilson. Can we trade back? Um, God, that'd be insane. But you just can't, you can't not take Trevor Lawrence. It, it's just but, funny because like Mac Jones is not the sexy pick. It, it's really not. Not sexy. Uh-uh. No. Um, he's not the Jimmy Garoppolo pick. There we go. But yep. when you think about what he can do in this offense, uh, it does get me excited that you can have a quarterback throw downfield and throw downfield accurately um, opposed to not having that right now because Kyle Shanahan with their offense, they're, they're great at doing that zone run blocking scheme. But we saw a lot of that get closed up last year because they were just attacking with an eight man box, seven man box consistently. So even while you could draw up a great zone um, blocking scheme for the run game, it eventually gets clogged up, and that's what we saw this past season. That's why they weren't yep. uh, the number two rushing offense in the league. Uh, they should have been the number one, but Baltimore went crazy with Lamar Jackson and Ingram going over a thousand yards. So that you kind of just take that out once you're, a quarterback is going for a thousand yards. You're talking about yeah. pure running backs. San Francisco should have been number one, uh, but then everyone said, "Hey." We saw what Jimmy Garoppolo did in 2019. Everything's in between the numbers. They don't even go outside of that. They're not hitting anything past 20 yards. And we're just in a stack. It. And it, it affected guys like Mostert. It affected guys like Coleman, although he didn't get very many carries. Um, Wilson did have his moments where he busted like a 100-yard game against the Patriots. But then he also had his games where he averaged like two yards a carry. So yeah. it's when I factor in that, and as long as just give me a guy that just throws the ball down the yeah. field that's it that's that's all i want Here, here's something i'll get you guys excited by too and i know we're probably pressing on time but not think of kyle shanahan and what he did in atlanta right mm-hmm. but now realize that you guys also have a beast of a why so you yeah. add everything that they did in atlanta with a great tight end everything becomes better from the past game 
And Mac Jones, I think the way he can operate from gun and some of the quick game, I think backs up the safeties and gets you guys more six and seven man boxes. It just, I think that's why the pick makes sense. And it opens up like Kyle Shanahan invented the blaze eight route, which is that post the speed out mm-hmm. and they don't throw it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's a lot of stuff that he opens up. And then not to mention, we have Kittle working the seam paired with those kind of concepts, dude, you, the offense could be really special. So while Mac Jones himself might not be sexy, what you can run with him is, right? Right. And that's where I think and it's and it's not even a far variant from his tree. It's basically what they did in Atlanta, add a bunch more wide special packages and we're golden versus Justin Fields or someone else to really tap into their skill set. This is way off from the tree. So that's where maybe I don't, you know, and again, it just depends what they want to do. Mm-hmm. If they're sitting in there saying we need to get modern, we want to add more read zone, Justin Fields is the pick and it's not even close. If they're saying, hey, this is what we want to do. So that's where, you know, we'll, we won't know until draft night. Yeah. Um, and they very well could just not take a quarterback and then I'll be back on here and we oh. can talk Jimmy G. And I can try to <laughs> talk you guys. I could talk you guys down a little bit. <laughs> I will be on top of the Bay Bridge if they don't, if they say, okay, Jimmy G's our guy next year. Like after all this, like, oh my God, are you kidding me? We have to watch this for a whole nother season. Yeah. But no, Debo, I mean, Debo play running back again instead of wide receiver. Oh my God. Yeah. See, we could go off on forever for this, but we are pressing on time. Thanks for coming on, man. Like I think you might've started the uh, Mac Jones to San Francisco hive that me and Leo are going to have to start here <laughs> because I mean, we're all about Justin Fields lately. Like that's kind of been yeah. like the gist of what's happened lately when we kind of, the reports came out that Donald's probably getting moved. We're like, okay, well there goes Zach Wilson. No chance at that. And yeah. then, that Kuiper report came out earlier this week that Fields is their guy. And so, I mean, but if Mac Jones or Justin Fields, I think we're happy, we're happy campers. So we really appreciate you yeah. coming on, man. Is there anything you want to pitch before or anything you want people to check out before we, we head out of here? No, oh, man. Just if you guys have any feedback, you could tweet me. It's at T Jenkins Elite, but I'm not a real plug guy, you know. They'll eventually find the film. <laughs> YouTube is stuff. Just YouTube it. It's really yeah. good. It's lo- yeah. it, There's a lot there. It's a ton of depth. And it's probably one of my favorite channels to check out when, you know, just looking at quarterbacks and, you know, in a season where we've done a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate um, you guys. Yeah, for sure. And Leo, anything you want to pitch before we head out today? Uh, just go ahead and follow me at LeoLuna93. I did just change my profile picture to a little cartoon image. Uh, while I had some downtime at, at work. Good job. I mean, it looks badass. <laughs> <laughs> and you can check me out at nine and eight forty nine. Uh, I've been on vacation. I'm coming back, and I'm coming back with a vengeance to talk quarterbacks and yell about how much I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> because apparently, if you don't want an, if you want just a, an upgrade, it means you hate a guy. That's what the world we're living in now, Tim. If you just want to have better play, you hate him. You don't want yeah. him around anymore. So, <laughs> well, and you're mean. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We'll see you next week. Only a couple more weeks till free agency and two months to the draft. Here we go. Take it easy, everyone.